Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And keep in mind that whenever I am doing these podcasts, they are not practiced. What you see or what you hear is what you get. Y'all aren't going to see me yet. That is to come. However, there may be times that you hear the same poem repeated, but explained in a different light. Kind of similar to whenever we read a scripture and we get a different meaning each time we read it. So I hope you enjoy and The name of this poem is called Love Letter. Here we go. It's your love letter to me. Each chapter is deepening, explaining your journey as you waited patiently for me to find you. You fought for me. Now I'm right behind you, following. You direct my path. Sometimes I stray. But even in that, you're never far away. You keep me in perfect peace as I keep my mind stayed on you. And I know where to look when my mind gets confused. Over the cares of this world, they can truly overwhelm. A double-minded person could easily be consumed. But you are my anchor. I love you with all my heart. Now, as I lay myself to sleep, I'm reminded of what you mean to me. If I do die before I wake, I know in your arms is where I'll stay. I'm comforted in knowing you. Thank you for your love letter. And believe it or not, this is take two because I poured my heart out to y'all was so eloquently transparent and it wasn't until like three hours later that I discovered after a little technical difficulty that none of what it was that I talked about was recorded and initially I was ticked because I don't like repeating myself (laughs) future hubby that is one of my pet peeves however I don't even remember what I talked about so I'm going to freelance this conversation um, because part of having a tumor in your brain is the short-term memory loss oh my god and so um, I vaguely remember so I'm going to try my best to talk about it again Um, but I really loved the first what I thought was a recording, come to find out it was not recorded. Oh my God. So what I believe I touched on was how differently as a woman, as a mother, whenever I am speaking to my children, I notice the difference in terms of 
when I ask them to do something, as opposed to if their grandfather, their uncle, or their dad asked them to do something, or even their siblings, their brothers. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what is it? What is it about when I'm saying it that does not put the pep in their step? But if someone like their uncle or their dad says the exact same thing, they respond quickly. And so um, I shared an example, one being when my daughter, I was asked by her school, this was recently, actually, this is literally like a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was asked by the school um, in order to aid and making sure that she would stay attentive in her classes, that I would remove her cell phone from her. And I literally told the teachers, I was like, y'all are asking for a bona fide fight because her cell phone is like an extension of her being. And I decided that what I would do and how I would handle the situation is that if by my trying to do it by myself, if I were not successful, then I would reach out to her father to get assistance. And so initially I was not successful to the point that my son had to intervene. And although it wasn't a a physical altercation, it became a verbal battle. And so when my son stepped in, everything about her body language changed. The respect factor was so apparent. And so she begged me not to give the phone to her brother. Needless to say, I gave the phone to her brother because I wouldn't get in that type of reaction when I tried to do it by myself. And so then she got upset because I gave it to her brother And so um, she thought that she was hurting my feelings by asking me to contact her, to give her her dad's phone number. I was like, I will do one better for you. How about I just call him right now? So I called him and put him on speaker and he could hear her fussing. And he was like, what is all that? Now, the minute that he asked the question, what is all that? Her whole, everything, her tone and everything shifted. And I proceeded to explain to him what I had just done. And so he told her once she got out of school that he would pick her up. Now, all of this was actually a miracle because he's not as active in her life as any of us would like for him to be. And so I agreed to him picking her up. Fast forward. I go get her. And we meet up for her, him to, you know, bring her back to me. And when she gets in the car, she was like, Mom, I'm sorry for how I responded earlier. I told her she was forgiven immediately because I understood why she was upset. But I proceeded to explain to her, you know, all those things that you were saying to me. Imagine if you will. If those were the last words ever spoken to me because something happened to me or you. And I said, but if something happened to me, 
you would have had to live with the fact that those were the last words you had spoken to me. And I told her that this is why we must be mindful of the words we speak to people, even when we're angry. Because even though it is human nature for us to try and get a jab in or for us to try to get the last word or for us to have one up on our opponent, so to speak, there are lasting effects of hurtful words. There are things that even after you calm down, that you start to realize like, I should have never said that, even if I felt it. Because now that person, even if they have the capacity to forgive you, that is a soul wound that's been imparted unto them. That's gonna take an act of God sometimes for them to heal from over a period of time. It's not really ever immediate at all. And so when I expressed to her, like, this is why you need to be mindful. She apologized again. I told her, you know, I I apologize as well because I know that that upset you, but this is what I was asked to do. And this is for your betterment. This is to make you better. This is to make sure that you stay focused. All of this is for you. But what I noticed is that after her dad assisted in that area, I believe this is why having a united front can be so critical when it comes to raising children. But it's like the moment that that part of the agreement was implemented for the past two weeks before her classes starts, she comes in my room, she sets her cell phone down. When her lunch break arrives, she will come get her cell phone, have her little chats with her friends. But right before her lunch break is over, she brings it right to me. Once school is out, she comes and gets her cell phone and she's welcome to it for the rest of the evening. And this has literally aided in her being more attentive in her classes. But truth be told, there is no way I believe that I could have handled that situation by myself. My son had to step in. Her father had to step in. Now, although I'm considered a strong woman, I am very much aware that there are things that I cannot do alone. And I shouldn't have to. And another scenario. So my son is older. He's 20 years old now. And I remember his dad, because even though his dad has access to him, there will be times that he cannot reach him. So he will reach out to me and ask me, is is he there? (laughs) And so I'll go downstairs and I'll go check and I'll let him know. Or I'll be like, no, you know, he's at work, yada, yada. So he ended up, we ended up having a conversation because, um, he was trying to get some details from our son and he couldn't reach him. So we ended up doing like a three-way. I think I had like a complaint. And so um, we ended up doing a three-way call. In the course of the three-way call, I noticed how my son tried to raise up with his tone. And when he tried to raise up, his dad quickly spoke up pretty much. and was like, and I'm paraphrasing, Who you think you're talking to? And the moment that he said that, my son 
his whole tone changed and he showed respect. And in my mind, I'm thinking, he ain't even been around your whole life. Bruh just started stepping up to the plate. And here it is, the minute he says, who you think you talking to? You show the utmost respect. Now, had it been me, you would have had something else to say. Talking to my mama or something. He would have said something. And so I was like, oh, so this is how this works. There's a different level of respect when it comes to the alpha male, when it comes to the male. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's like to watch how my son showed his father respect. And this is on an ongoing and ongoing as, as they're nurturing their relationship. I see it often to the point that his father has said, anytime you get off of work, I need you to call me or send me a text to let me know that you're getting off of work. And my son is like, yes, sir. And he would do that. It also lets me know how my constantly trying to ensure that his dad was in his life, even when his dad and I would have fallouts, how important it was for not, because it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with his dad. It had everything to do with our child. How imperative that was to swallow our own pride for the sake of the child. Because when I watch them now and I watch how they interact, even if my son never told me, even if my daughter never told me that they desire to have their fathers in their lives, because I've been in that situation and because I know what that feels like, Although I had a stepfather, I didn't have a relationship with my biological father. And I know what kind of void that created in my life. And so because there was a disconnect in that area, I didn't want that to be my children's testimony. So what I tried to do as often as I could was to ensure that, okay, y'all may not be on speaking terms or you may not really care for them right now, but always keep that door open allow them whenever they're ready whenever you're ready the opportunity to as long as they're living as long as you're living to come back into your life to mend fixed fences because it's for both of you it's not just for my child it's not just for their fathers it's for both of them and so I see the importance of both the mother and the father being present. Even if you are in a situation where your relationship didn't work out, that should not be a burden that your child should have to carry. That's just in my opinion. You should still have it to where that child can formulate an everlasting relationship with their parent. Because first and foremost, we don't know which parent is going to leave this earth first. And it would be a sad, sad thing 
if because we were holding grudges against the children's fathers, if we did not, or father, if we did not allow them to nurture and to cultivate their relationship with the other parent or mothers. It just depends on which side of the fence you're on. And the reason why it's doing a disservice is because if you don't cultivate that relationship or allow them to cultivate that relationship and something happens to their their soul parent, then they're dealing with a stranger. So then when they're going through different parts of life, they're going to be looking at the stranger like you weren't there for me all of this time. I don't know you, so I don't know how to respond to you. And that builds not even a greater wedge that creates a deeper wound. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to hold whatever you feel against that parent to cast that onto the child and make them feel that same way. That's really not fair. It's actually immature, in my opinion. Because whatever that parent did to you, even if you want to, you know, say, well, they weren't there for my child. Okay, but you still give them the opportunity to change their mind. Allow them an opportunity to re-enter into a relationship or to even start a relationship with that child. At least keep that door open. Because in that scenario... Your child gets the opportunity to develop their own perception of the parent without your two cents. If they decide that they don't want to be in that relationship with that parent, they make that decision solely on their experience with that parent and not your opinion of the parent. And I just feel like that's coming from a, a higher level, from a, a more be more mature. I just feel like that's necessary. Um, and I understand there are some circumstances this doesn't fit under the umbrella of all circumstances. There are some extenuating circumstances where maybe having the child around that parent is not the wisest choice. I get that. But I'm speaking in terms of when it is wise to have the parent around, not when it's unwise. And so, yeah. I have learned that how imperative it is for both parents to be present. I do believe that it's the God in a lot of these men of God that allows these young children to just reverence them. And I'm glad, like I'm grateful. I'm actually grateful that my children do have a level of respect for their fathers, whether they were present or absent. Um, it does make my heart feel good to see that they respect their fathers. And I know it could have went the other way because I've been on the end where I have not been respected um, because I did not raise my older three children. So I've, I've seen what that looks like to be disrespected. And it doesn't feel good knowing that you are a parent to that child. And so hopefully I have said something to encourage you. And this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. But before I completely conclude, let me go ahead and read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated February the 12th of 2021. Dear future hubby, 
I came across a few words I wrote on May 19th of 2018, and I added a few more of them to share with you. Here it goes. Don't ever give up on your ambitions, dreams, or goals, no matter how long it takes you to see them come into fruition. Hopes and dreams are a part of your DNA. So believe in yourself. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what others say or think about you or what they even feel about you. Because the moment you realize that you possess the power, creativity, motivation, innovation to become who it is you desire to be, God will begin to act on your behalf. Therefore, it's what he thinks, feels, sees in you that truly matters. Besides, all opinions are not created equally. So do yourself a favor and don't take them all to heart. Remember, Jesus was hated by many and misunderstood by a lot, but it did not prevent him from fulfilling his purpose on this earth. Strive to walk in your authenticity. This is what will set you free and set you apart. I actually created a t-shirt that says, be set apart. As a part of my A Strong Will Mind Apparel brand, and there is power in not always following the crowd. I know we've heard that there is power in numbers. However, I truly believe there is power in being set apart as well. It may not always be the popular way to go, but it may be the best way. Also, remember, some people have mislabeled jealousy because they have limited their vocabulary. What one person calls jealousy, it could actually be admiration. So don't be so quick to believe that those who admire certain qualities in you are jealous of you. This could be the furthest thing from the truth. However, still be mindful of the fact that other people may secretly wish that they had the courage to live their dreams out loud the way you do. So continue to be unapologetically you you may be entertaining angels unaware. Be encouraged. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that you all have a wonderful evening. And please do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa.